Good job, guys. All right. So music is, worship music is important because I'll tell you, I don't remember, um, I don't remember any sermons from when I was a kid. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I, these sermons are very important, but I remember singing songs as a kid in church that you just remember and remember. And so how many of you know, I'm sure a lot of you do, but I guarantee you there's probably people here this morning. How many of you know what the, what the song, Standing in the Fire Next to Me, is even about? How many of you know? A few of you? Okay. Book of Daniel. Here's a mini sermon, real quick, before we pray. But Book of Daniel, there's a King Nebuchadnezzar, and he is very full of himself. And he decides to put a golden statue of himself 90 feet tall up, and he tells everybody... At the sound of the musical instruments, all right, there you go, you will, <laughs> good job, we're on it today, ain't we? But you will bow down and worship the statue. And there's three guys, anybody know their name? Anybody know their Jewish Hebrew names? I didn't think so, all right, <laughs> all right. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're not bowing down to nothing. And King Nebuchadnezzar plays the music. And everybody bows down except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And King Nebuchadnezzar gets hotter than a wet hen. And he says, get up here, you three. And he brings them up. He says, I'm going to give you guys one more chance. If you don't bow down at the sound of the music. I'm going to heat the furnace so hot. And I'm going to throw you in this furnace. And they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. You can do whatever you want. We're not bowing down to any statue because we worship the God in heaven. And Nebuchadnezzar gets so mad, it says his face, the Bible says his face was distorted with rage. He was angry. And he ordered them to heat the, the fire seven times hotter than it had ever been. And so they heat this fire and he gets the strongest people in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when he, op when he has the soldiers open the door of the furnace to throw them in, the Bible says the flames leapt out and killed the soldiers. And they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. And guess what happened? They lived. They lived. The, ropes, the ropes that tied them up went off of them. And, and Nebuchadnezzar looks into the fire and he says, hold on here. Didn't we throw three guys in? But there's a fourth. And, and the Bible says it looks like an angel or the son of God. Now there's some debate about who was in the fire with them. Could have been an angel. It could have been the Lord Jesus. Right? But the whole point is, and guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out. They don't even smell like smoke. They come out of the fire and Nebuchadnezzar says, Oh, I've messed this thing up. Their God is the God. Their God is God. Worship their God. And so I'll tell you what. That is what the song's about. So remember, when you're going through something in your life, no matter it can be horrible, you got somebody that's with you in the fire. Now, we're not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but we have something even more than what they had. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's pretty amazing. There's the first sermon today, okay? Glad you guys are here. Let's open in prayer and do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning that we could come and worship you. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for a new year. Lord, and I pray that everything we do today, we point people to you. And that, Lord, I'm thankful that you're, you're with us. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how great or how bad, 
you're with us. And, and so, Lord, I, I thank you for that. We worship you this morning. Be with us today. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes and welcome everybody this morning.
guys. All right, you may be seated. All right, sermon number two. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. All right, we won't make you endure two or three in one day, okay? All right, why? Well, thanks, Ace. Man, we're my buddy today. All right, Sunday night Bible study tonight. Because of the holiday, no Sunday night Bible study tonight. So um, we'll be back this, this week uh, on Wednesday night. All the service times are going back to regular, uh, obviously, through the holidays. So Wednesday night we'll have dinner at 6 o'clock, classes at 6.45. If you normally don't come on Wednesday night, please come. We have a blast. So we have cooking teams that cook a big, huge meal on Wednesday nights. Uh, we eat at 6. And then we have adult classes upstairs. We have kids and youth classes. Youth, uh, me and Selena are teaching youth Wednesday night, so come youth. Now no one's going to show up to youth probably, right? <laughs> so we'll have fun. Come Wednesday night to youth. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have a good time. Uh, men's, I said no men's and women Bible study tonight. Saturday Freeway will be back regular schedule for Saturday Freeway. Uh, 5.30 dinner, service at 6 o'clock. I'm excited to get back on the Freeway preaching schedule. I'll, I'm going to be preaching the third Saturday in January, so I'm excited about that. Grief share. Is Stephanie here this morning? When are you starting? By? End of January? February 1st, okay. February 1st, Grief Share starts up again. That's going to be on a Thursday, Thursday night at 6. Thursday nights at 6 o'clock, Grief Share will start back up. If you are uh, have any questions about that, please see Stephanie uh, or Michael. They're, they're the ones that kind of been doing Grief Share, uh, doing a good job with that. Men's prayer breakfast. This is something that I did not do a good job of, to be honest with you, uh, last year. Um, I'm putting it on the calendar. I didn't do a good job announcing it. Michael's been leading men's prayer breakfast, so we're going to get back into this, fellas. It's a great time. If you never uh, have came to our men's prayer breakfast, it is uh, the third Saturday of every month. So this month, it's Saturday, January 20th at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. We go and eat breakfast together, and then we have a time where everybody can pray. We pray over prayer requests. So maybe you're new in the church. You're like, man, I want to know some people. I want to get to know the guys. Two options, you can come on Sunday nights for Bible study, which, which they're not doing it tonight, but we will be, uh, or men's prayer breakfast. So it's a great opportunity. The women also sent me the schedule. They have a set schedule on coffee. I always thought it was just kind of like you know, whenever they get together. They have a set schedule. And so they sent me that schedule, but it's normally the first Monday of every month unless it falls on a holiday. Well, tomorrow is January 1st. So no women's coffee this week. But I have the schedule, so I'm going to be sending out reminders, uh, ladies, when you guys uh, get together for that. Is there anything else I forgot? When, when is our next outreach? I'm going to ask you that this morning, Mike. We got one coming spring. Spring, be looking for that. We'll, we'll get our outreaches up and going again. Uh, we're also looking at a mission trip. Be, look for some details in the coming weeks about a mission trip in August. In August. To Florida, so if you're interested in that, to go with Trey and Savannah and help Trey and Savannah, they're going to be putting on a uh, a Save Our City event for uh, kind of like Springfield does a week long Save Our City event in Florida. They want us to come and help, so we're going to put out some details about that. You can start working, saving money for that. Uh, it, it's going to be a, it'll be a fun fun trip, but a, a week of evangelism and sharing the gospel, and so it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, anything else this morning? that I forgot on announcements. I know I didn't forget this one. I'm excited about this. In 2024, you got two options. You don't have the option, we're going to talk about this this morning, whether we 
are ambassadors for Christ and we grow the kingdom, right? We have to grow the kingdom. That's what God gave us this ministry, to share the gospel and grow the kingdom. There's a couple of ways you can do that. You can go out and you can share the gospel and you can disciple people, right? Or you can have babies. And they're having a baby. Stand up. I told them I was going to announce it. Here we go. Hey. So keep them in your prayers. I'm excited about that. So, all right. Anything else this morning? Okay, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship before we jump into God's word together. So let's pray and we'll bless this offering this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord. And as we worship you, God, we give back to you. We are simply managers, and I pray this morning, God, that we're good managers of what uh, is already yours. And so, Lord, let us be good managers this morning. Use this, Lord, that we as a church body will be outwardly focused, not inwardly focused, that this will be used to share the gospel, Lord, and uh, to a lost and dying world. And, and, Lord, we give you the praise and glory. We thank you for what you've blessed us with. And as we enter our time of worship, Lord, let us lift our voices in praise of you in the study of your word this morning. And we love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.
Come preach to us. All right. All right. If you would turn in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 5. If you would remain standing, let's honor God's word together. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be in verses 15 through 20. The title of today's sermon is Redeeming the Time. This is the last day of 2023.
Last day of 2023, and, I, and there's been some great things happen this year we'll talk about. But I want, really want us to focus on next year. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. It says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you today. And Lord, I pray that we focus, uh, we look at what you've done uh, in 2023 and you have really, really worked in 2023, and it's amazing uh, to just be a part of. And so I'm thankful, Lord, uh, for, for what you did in 2023. It wasn't us, it was you. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, I, I pray today that we can, we can glorify and honor you because of that, but also look at 2024 and exactly what, what can we do, Lord, as individuals to redeem the time, to make the best use of our time in serving you and giving you praise and glory, furthering your kingdom, uh, God and Lord, I, so I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the challenge that it brought to me this week, and Lord, I thank you for the new year, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So redeeming the time, redeeming the time. The King James kids downstairs. That's correct. Children, second grade and below, go down to children's church. If we've got any. There goes one. Shot out of a cannon like a missile down there. Okay. All right. The, redeeming the time. So the King James Version uh, says, says in, this, in this verse, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So what it's talking about is making the best use of, of our time. Uh, you know, another year has come and gone at Crossbridge, and just it's been an amazing year. Uh, and I look back on this year, and I'm, I'm really just excited this morning. I'm thankful for what... God has done in this body, uh, the, the ministries that God is doing in this church, and that he's using people in this body to, to do these ministries. And I mean, some of the things that I, I thought of this week and that I want to give him praise and glory for, and I hope we all do, is we have a brand new uh, women's house, a brand new ministry that was started. It's flourishing, a brand new women's freeway director. We can, yeah, we can all clap as you go through and announce these if you want to. Uh, a brand new pastor in Mike Castell coming back from the mission field. That's huge. A new elder in Mike Simons back there. Yep. New deacons. We've had new deacons this year. Uh, we've had countless baptisms, new members, missionaries funded. We sent two new missionaries out to Florida and Trey and Savannah. That's huge, huge thing. Um, and then we start the, a new uh, uh, ministries like the Sunday night women's Bible study. Brenda leading that. Grief share on Thursday night. So, I mean, it was a big year for this church. It was a huge year for this body. And, and really, what I don't want this morning is I don't want any of us taking any credit for that. Because as, as we mentioned this morning in, in our new member class, Max mentioned this, we're, we're replaceable. We are replaceable. It's just that God has allowed us to do these ministries and he's using people in this body of these ministries and it's amazing to see but the glory goes to him uh it, it all goes to him and so 
Uh, I also pray that in 2023, you have grown in your knowledge, in your faith of the Lord Jesus, that you've spent time studying. Uh, you know, at the end of a year, you always want to look back. So in the business world, like in, in, in my business, you always look back and you start looking at numbers, right? I mean, you look at your QuickBooks and you start running reports and you look at numbers and you make projections. You set projections for 2024. You set goals for 2024. Um, and now, it's not that the church is a business, but we are in the business of, of God's business. We are absolutely His employees. And that's what Scripture says. I, I want to read another passage to you. It's just a couple of chapters over in 2 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. We are certainly not a business for financial purposes, but we are absolutely the business that God uses to reach a lost and dying world. So it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, 17 through 20. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled to him, us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are, are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So what's that saying? When you're a new creation in Christ, he makes you brand new, and now he gives you a mission. He gives us a mission. We are literally the ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador representing the kingdom here on earth for Christ. So he's given us a clear mission as a church body. He is making his appeal. And what's the appeal? Be saved. Be reconciled to Christ. He's making that appeal through who? Through you. Through the church body. Through our missions. I believe with all my heart that before we make projections for business or anything else, we should take that responsibility serious. We should take this responsibility serious. And we should evaluate how we're doing. We should evaluate if you're serving in a position of ministry or whatever ministry you're doing, whether that's cooking or cleaning or whatever it is, or preaching, we should evaluate how we're doing. And, and, and one of the major things that as a business that you look at when you start doing evaluations is efficiency. How efficient am I, am I being? Am I making good use of my time? Am I wasting time or am I, am I being efficient and being productive? How can I be more productive? And literally, in our passage in Ephesians chapter 5, that's what Paul is telling the church in Ephesus. He's saying, evaluate how you walk with the Lord. Evaluate your time. Are you making good use of the, uh, your time? Redeem the time. Redeem the time literally means look at how you're living your life for Jesus Christ. That's literally what it means. Make a good use of the time we're given. So, so here's what I don't want to do. I, I, I did it the first part of the sermon. I don't necessarily want us to look back at 2023 and get lazy, right? We, we named off all these accomplishments as God's worked in this body. I don't want us to look back and go, well, let's loosen the belt. My time is done, right? 
I don't want us to do that. I want us to look at this and go, hey, how can I be more efficient? How can I be more productive in using the time that God's given me on this earth to serve him in 2024? You see, I can't change anything about 2023 now. Today's it. But I can absolutely change 2024. I can absolutely change that and what's going to happen. Making good use of the time. You know, this last week at Christmas, Slane and I, we look back at past Christmases. And several of you in this body, Dustin and Rachel, I know Wednesday night, I told you guys, enjoy, or last Sunday, enjoy those boys on Christmas morning, right? And I haven't seen no pictures yet, but I told you guys I wanted to see some pictures of them boys opening up presents and enjoying Christmas morning. Because you know what happens is all you know, those little kids become adults. And I better enjoy that time, right? And Selena and I look back at that, and man, our kids are so young. Now Sierra's married, Savannah's in college, Sydney and Hunter in junior high, and me and her just aren't getting any younger. Well, she is, but I'm not, okay? So how can I redeem the time for Christ in 2024? It's really a practical question. How can I redeem the time in 2024 for the Christ Jesus? For Christ Jesus? Three ways. Three, here, I came up three things. Three things that really jumped out. And they're all in the text, really. The first thing is foundational. And if we don't get this one right, the rest of the sermon really doesn't matter. The first point is Jesus is Lord. And then I put in parentheses on my notes of my life. Now, here's the thing. Revelation 19.16 says this. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I heard Charles Stanley say in a sermon this week that salvation isn't making Jesus Lord. Jesus is already Lord. That's, he's already that. The Bible says, and we covered this a couple weeks ago, that every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2, 9-11 says that. And it, but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be saved. What does Paul say in Galatians 2.20? He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what's Paul saying? He's saying, Jesus is my Lord. I am dead. Paul's saying, I'm dead. And Jesus is just living in me. That Jesus is now the Lord of my life. Paul had submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ over his life. And now he's dead. And Christ is just living in him. Listen, that is the most important thing that you can do in 2024. Is submit every area of your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Die to yourself. Live through Christ. I, 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 I want to cover this. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we get this right. Um, this is, if everything I cover after this doesn't happen, if you get this wrong. If you don't have this right in 2024, nothing else is going to matter what I talk about today. We have to humble ourselves in our heart and say, God, I surrender to you. You have 2024. Listen, that is what confessing Jesus as Lord is. When it talks about that in scripture. You making him the Lord of your life. Now listen, this isn't just a one-time deal. This is a daily 
weekly thing in the life of a believer where you get up every morning and you're not saved over and over. You don't have salvation over and over again where you lose it if you sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you getting up every day and saying, God, how can I live for you today? What can I do to make an impact for your kingdom today? That is a daily thing in the life of a believer, dying to self to live for Christ. If I want to redeem the time for the kingdom of God in 2024, then I, we have to listen to some words of Scripture. And this is, this is who Jesus said is the greatest man who ever lived besides Jesus. It's found in John chapter 3. So flip over, if you would, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. It's verses 22 through 30. Several verses. I want to read it. John 3, 22 through 30. It says this. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Siloam because water was plentiful there. And people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from above. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and bears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore the joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. See, John had an amazing ministry, an amazing mission. And what did he do? He was serving the Lord Jesus. He was serving God. And he was pointing people to him. He said, I have to get lower and he has to increase. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, you know what happens? You decrease and he increases. He becomes number one, knowing him, talking to him, reading about him. Those are all things that now happen after you have salvation. You don't do those things to get salvation. You do them, they're a result of having salvation. You're your life decreases and he increases. I believe with all my heart that there are people who have just never made, maybe here right now this morning, that have never made Jesus the Lord of their life. They've been to church. They've listened to sermons. They read the Bible a little bit. But nothing about their life ever changed. Because Jesus isn't the Lord of their life. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Luke chapter 18. It's in Luke 18, 9 through 14. And you can turn there. I'm not going to read it, but you can turn there. Two, two, two guys go into the temple to pray. One's a Pharisee, one's a tax collector. The Pharisee says, Lord, thankful that I'm not like everybody else. I tithe, I give. Pray, I do all those things. I'm a good guy. 
the tax collector, he wouldn't even look to heaven. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He bowed his head. The passage says he beat his breast. And he said, Lord, be merciful to me because I'm a sinner. Jesus said one of those two went home justified that day. It was the man who humbled himself. Do you know that all you have to do this morning is humble yourself before God? That's all you have to do is humble yourself before God. And the Bible says you'll be justified. That's all you have to do. Right now, listen to me. I believe there's times in sermons where there's certain times where the Holy Spirit convicts people of convicts people. And right then, they need, they need salvation. And the Holy Spirit's working on it. Listen to me. If that's you today or ever in a point in a sermon, I don't want you to wait till the invitation. I want you to get up and come down right now, and I will send you out to a side classroom with one of our elders. Don't, hey, listen, right now. You know why I say that? Because if you don't, when you're convicted, when, when the Holy Spirit is convicting us, if we don't humble ourselves right then, you know what starts to happen? Satan starts to work. He starts to work. And he wants to delay. He'll say, I mean, you wouldn't be embarrassing if you get up in front of everybody and go down. Just do that later. Just do that later. It would be embarrassing to come right now. You know what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 through 2? It says, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, don't wait till next year. There may not be a next year. Don't delay. Now is the favorable time to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior of your life. Not tomorrow. Not when it's convenient. Not when you think you've went out and sinned all you want to sin. Right now, humble yourself. Now is the favorable time. Listen to me, the rest of the sermon is pointless if Jesus isn't the Lord of your life. It's just pointless. Nothing else matters if he isn't the Lord of your life. Now listen, for my brothers and sisters in here this morning, think about areas of your life in 2023 that you didn't want to turn over to him. That you did not want to surrender to him. That's what you need to humble yourself about this morning. That's the only way that 2024 changes. Insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. 2024 ain't going to change in your Christian walk unless you humble yourself before God and say, God, I'm turning this over to you. You got it. You got me. And then when you know what happens when you do that? Oh, he works. He works. You want to redeem the time for 2024. Make him your Lord and your Savior over every area of your life. Here's the second thing. It's, it's back in our text. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Verses uh, 18. Starting in 18. 18 and 19. Let's read it again. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. 
addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. All right, so their last song, <laughs> me and Ace didn't plan this out. I think they picked songs this morning maybe. Their last song was Fill My Cup, right? And I'm thinking as they start that song, wow, this is the second point. What am I going to get filled up with? The second point is I'm not focused on the world, but on Christ in our homes and in our lives, with our families. Being drunk with wine is being what? It's being filled with the world. It's being filled with anything other than Christ. It's being filled with things of the world. Being filled with what the world says will make you happy, will make you joyful. That's how people become alcoholics. Nobody wants to be an alcoholic. They become an alcoholic because they think, this will make me happy, and I'll drink more, and this will bring me joy and peace and contentment. Listen, the passage is about alcohol, but you can insert anything in there. You can insert business. You can insert just anything. In 2024, I can, I can make you a promise that I guarantee for everybody in this room, Satan is going to try and fill you up with things of this world that do not matter. I can guarantee that for everybody in this room, that he is going to try to fill us up with stuff besides the Holy Spirit and God. Now listen, I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about, I, I, you're saved, you're justified before God. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. Now remember I told you the first point? If you aren't a follower of Christ, this don't matter. I'm talking about my brothers and sisters. Being filled with the Spirit is not just a one-time salvation deal. It is a direct daily walk with the Lord where you're filling yourself up with things of God. Things that really matter. Satan is going to try his best to get you off track as believers into worldly pursuits. Things that take you away from God and your family. He is going to do it. Listen to me, right now across our country, there are families that are broken. They're broken. Many of them live in multi-million dollar homes. Many of them have everything that the world you would think to offer. I'm not talking about broken financially. I'm talking about broken spiritually. They may have two parents that are married. And not Adam and Steve, I mean Adam and Jane, who... They go to church once a month. They, they, from the outside, they got everything. They live in the best neighborhood. They have the nice, nicest cars. But they're broken spiritually because Jesus isn't brought up. Jesus isn't served. The world is served. Money's the pursuit. Fame is the pursuit. Athletics is the pursuit. Business is the pursuit. Whatever it is worldly that pulls you away from the kingdom. James 4.4, 4, James lays it out. I mean, I love the book of James. He lays it out. He says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is amenity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If we cuddle up to the cares and the things that Satan offers through the world, it means we're, we're against the things of God. We're not, we're not there. When we are filled with what Satan has to offer through this world, then literally we're at war with God. There are people here this morning, me included, that at times 
In 2023, we're filled more with what the world has to offer than Jesus Christ. We got sidetracked. When we recognize those things, we have to repent. We turn. We, not to regain salvation, to get in line with what God desires for our life. God doesn't want his children to be persuaded by things of the world. He wants us in line with his goals and his dreams. His visions for our life. I have a great example of this. I thought of it while I was doing the sermon prep and I asked him if I could share it. So I'm going to share it this morning. Well, I started a new company this year. It was great. I mean, it's going great. We're doing really, really good. Thank you, Lord. Well, Mike... Associate pastor here approached me and said, hey, I have a history in sales, and I'm kind of looking for another job. Would, would you guys consider hiring me to go to Tulsa three days out of the week and sell for you guys? And I said, yeah, we want a Christian company. I don't know of a better guy who loves the Lord than you to go to Tulsa and sell. So I called the other two owners. Well, I got them on the horn. And they know Mike, and we didn't even have a meeting. We just said, when can he start? Yeah, we're going to bring Mike on board. So Mike, we immediately got him going. His first day, he rode with me. Man, talk about, I was excited. I'm like, I'm looking forward. I get to hang out with one of my best friends all day, and we had to do business with one another. We had to do church with one another. I mean, we had a great day. I was excited. Then that next morning, when I, when I go pick him up, he gets in the work van, and he goes, I need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what's going on? And he starts crying. And because I'm a big teddy bear, I start crying. I don't even know what I'm crying for. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, man, we stop and eat lunch every day, if you can't tell. <laughs> and I took Mike out to lunch the day before. And I made a comment to him at lunch. I said, well, Mike, taking this job, what's that going to do with your counseling? How are you going to be able to counsel people? You know, he has a biblical counseling degree. Best counselor I know. I didn't counsel Sierra and Kyle in marriage counseling. I sent him to Mike. I said, Mike, what's that going to do? He goes, I don't know, but I'm excited for the job. I said, okay, I am too. Next morning he gets in the van he says, I can't do this. I said, why? What are you talking about? You're going to make a lot of money. You get to work for your best friend. I mean, what, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And he said, because I know that if I come work for you, I'm not going to be doing what God wants me to do. I'm not going to be able to counsel all the people that I know I'm supposed to counsel. So I can't do that. And man, we prayed, and I kicked him out of my van. I said, you're not working for me then. Because guess what? I certainly don't want to be going against what God has for your life. I don't want to be the reason I'm pulling you away. But here's the whole point. He redeemed the time from worldly pursuits. He redeemed the time. That's an example. Did it cost him some money probably? Yeah, it did. But what's money? Who cares about money? He redeemed the time. You say, well, how's this tie into families? 
How does this tie into this? Listen to me. Our kids and our grandkids, parents, are only little for a little while. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Don't make your business the most important thing. If I have to shut the business down this year, I promise you, I'll shut it down. If that means I'm going to lose my family, I'll shut it down. I'm not talking to you, Siri. I don't know my watch just went off. I'll shut it down. I want to make sure that I redeem the time for my family and my children for the Lord Jesus Christ. What does this say? Our text says, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You sing about Jesus, even if you're not a good singer. You talk about Jesus, and Jesus is what brings you joy in your life. Not money, not wealth, not a new car or a new house, not the next big sale, or, or the next big ball game, or not what brings me joy is the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, which, guys, I'm sorry, ain't going to happen this year. Just count on it, right? Don't find your joy in that stuff. Neither are my Broncos, okay? We're in the same boat. Don't count on that stuff. That's not what brings lasting joy. All right, here's the third thing, and I'm going to close. I think about this a lot. What is the legacy that we leave? What is the legacy that I am going to leave? Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Jesus addresses this. He says, where are you storing up your treasure? Where are you storing up your treasure? That's what he asks. Are you storing up your treasure here on earth? Where it becomes rusty and moth-eaten? Or are you storing up treasure in heaven that is unperishable, unbreakable, that will be there forever? Listen, I promised you this morning something else. Everyone here is going to store things up this year. Every one of us is going to hoard things. Every one of us is going to build a kingdom. That's not the question. The question is, whose kingdom? Whose kingdom? You say, Jeff, what do those verses have to do with this text in Ephesians? Go back to verse 20. It says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says what? Give thanks to God always for everything. If we haven't figured it out yet, we are spoiled, church. Spoiled rotten as Americans. We live in southwest Missouri. We live in the Bible Belt. We have a lower cost of living basically more than anywhere else in the country. That's where everybody's moving here. We have nice homes, food on the table, clothes, cars to drive. We are in the top 1% of wealth in the world. And there are brothers and sisters of ours around the world who have nothing. They don't have a church building with heat or AC. They have no food. They have no security of meeting. Nothing. They have nothing besides the Lord Jesus Christ, which is everything. We should be thankful. So, here's the question. What are we doing with all these blessings? 
What am I doing with what God has put me in charge of? One of his managers. Not owner. Manager. What am I doing with the resources that God is having me manage for his kingdom? Not mine. His kingdom. I think about this often. What will Jesus think about what I've done with my life? What will Jesus think about what I've done with my life? What will Jesus think about what I did with 2023? I I love the fact this morning that I can ask. What will Jesus think about what I've done with 2024? Because it hasn't been written yet. He knows, but it hasn't been written. You can change it. You can make 2024, as in the book of Joshua, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That can be 2024. That can be 2024. But here's the question. What will I do? Am I going to live for myself? Or am I going to redeem the time for the Lord Jesus? We aren't promised 2025. We aren't promised February of 2024. We're not promised tomorrow. What can I do right now to redeem the time for the Lord Jesus? I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. Here's a quick review. It all starts with this. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? I didn't ask whether he was Lord. We already know that he is. He is Lord. Is he the Lord of your life? Is he in charge of your life? Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today is the day. Is Jesus the Lord of your family? Am I focused more on the world or on him? Not not Sunday morning from 10 to 11. I'm talking about Monday through Saturday. Is he the Lord of my life? And lastly, as I get older, I think about this. The legacy. The legacy of our lives. Am I storing up treasure on earth that absolutely does not matter? Or am I storing up treasure with Jesus Christ that lasts forever? Listen, that is a legacy. Businesses come and go. Houses collapse. Trucks break down. Treasure in heaven is forever. I want to make an impact that changed my focus. You know how you do that this morning, church? Number one, if you need salvation, you humble yourself like the tax collector. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Agree with him that you've sinned and turn to him for the solution. You agree with God. You turn for your faith and trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross. If you've been off track in 2023, you recommit yourself to 2024 and you mean it. Don't make a commitment that you're not willing to keep. You make a commitment and you keep it. And you know what? It's not going to be easy. It's a daily thing, a weekly thing. We help one another. We're there for one another. 
If you need to come this morning, you can. I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. It was very, very challenging this week. Lord, I pray that in 2020, I can't be accountable for anybody else but myself here. So I pray, God, in 2024, I stay focused on you. And when I don't, I pray that you send people in my life will tell me that I'm not. And I can get refocused. And I pray, God, that in 2024 as a church, we are focused on you. We're not focused on our own, on our own pleasures or our own way or, or what we want or anything else. We're focused on your mission. We are ambassadors for you. You have given us this mission. I pray that we take it highly, that we consider it, we fulfill it. And in everything, we give you the praise and glory. In your name I pray.
Thank you, guys. All right, this is the last day of 2023. Let's go. Let's go into 2024. I'm excited. Here's the benediction for today. I selected this because I was thinking about, hey, going into 2024, it's not going to be easy. There are going to be times when you are struggling, when you have trials, when you have loss. There's also going to be a whole lot of happiness. But when we're struggling, I want us to remember this verse. And I want us to remember to share this verse with one another. It's 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. It says this, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time He may exalt, exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. When you're struggling, cast it on Him. He cares for you. He loves you. Just humble yourself. Humble yourself. And He will exalt you. Trust in Him. I'm thankful for this church body. I love you all. Be safe tonight. I'm going to ask Mike if you would close us in prayer. Father, Lord, uh, Lord, we just humbly come before your throne, and we just want to praise you for our pastor, Lord, and how he loves you and his enthusiasm and his zeal uh, about you, Lord, and the things that are important to you. We are uh, grateful as a body to be up under him and uh, what he means to us and we want to be like him because he's like you and so lord i just pray to all of us would be encouraged today guys we walk out of here that the next next step we take lord is is uh we can take that step of obedience and then one after another after another after another and lord we know if we continue to get after the things that are important to you that you'll provide the other things that uh, we might be worried about or we feel that uh um, that we worry about at times, Lord, or do we, or do we think that we need. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that, um, that we would all make best use of our time, and we know that when we stand before you, God, that's the one thing that you're going to judge the believer on is what, what, what we did with the time that you gave us from the time that we got saved until you brought us home. So help us be good stewards. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Oh, Lord.